This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 104. Maritime Mysteries. The Franklin Expedition. In 1845, an expedition led by Sir John Franklin, a veteran explorer from Britain, set sail. The goal of the expedition was to locate the Northwest Passage in the Canadian Arctic to secure a revolutionary trade route for the Crown. Everyone involved had high hopes for the expedition and was confident enough in their abilities to succeed. However, shortly after the trip began, everyone on board vanished, leaving behind the haunting echoes of their suffering and the frozen remains of each ship, a mere token of their failures. The Mythical Northwest Passage, a route that was deeply sought out by the British Admiralty from the Atlantic to the Pacific through the Canadian Arctic, Finding such a route would mean no longer having to sail as far south as Cape Horn to reach the Pacific. Instead, a route from England and China could be made, making trade far easier and more profitable. Numerous attempts were made previously by land and sea to map out the area. By 1840, at least 13 expeditions had set out to hunt the chilled lands west of Greenland now known today as Nunavut. However, in 1845, only a small portion was left to be explored, and a decision to make one final expedition was made. The route would take them west through Lancaster Sound, and then southwest through a distance of around 1,040 miles. Sir John Franklin was determined to discover the passage at any cost, After all, he was seemingly fitting choice to lead the expedition, due to his veteran status in the British Navy and his previous Arctic expeditions. Franklin was a devoted captain and cared deeply for the well-being of his men under his charge. He was also well-respected and received by all who knew him, and talked well of by those under his command. However, he was not the first and most preferred choice to lead the expedition. Sir John Franklin was described as portly and did not handle cold weather very well. In addition, he had a tendency to rush headlong into situations without careful consideration of the outcome or taking into account the surroundings or his limitations. 
His first expedition was in 1819 and was met by disaster. 11 out of the 20 men on board died of starvation, and there were accusations of murder and cannibalism. The others on board were forced to eat deer bones and the leather from their boots. Luckily, the group was rescued by a local tribe. Due to Franklin's age and overall physical condition, the Admiralty hesitated to appoint him to command the expedition. However, after several others declined to lead, Franklin quickly agreed. The most top-of-the-line ships at the time were used for the expedition. Her Majesty's ship, Erebus, captained by Franklin and James Fitzjames, and Her Majesty's ship, Terror, captained by another Arctic veteran, Captain Crozier. The ships used steam engines for movement as well as indoor heating. At that time, canned food had recently became popular. The ship was stocked with three years of supplies, over 130 men, and the best technology of the time period, and the goodwill of their countrymen. The prospects of the expedition started off very optimistic. However, unbeknownst to the public and crew, there were several unsettling omens that marked the mission before it had even taken place. Franklin had been afflicted by a very bad influenza and hadn't completely recovered before the ship set sail. It was said that he had allegedly awoken to the sight of the Union Jack being draped over him by Lady Jane. This infuriated the man as the Union Jack was used to cover dead soldiers. After departure, the ship sailed toward Greenland. The journey was marked by rough and stormy seas, making the expedition even more difficult. After stopping to resupply and relieving some of the men and sending them home, they waited for conditions to clear. The last sight of the expedition seen by Europeans was in Baffin Bay in July of 1845, while waiting out the storm. The ships then spent the winter at Bichet Island, where they buried three of their men under stone cairns. When the ice finally broke up in 1846, they were able to continue on with their journey. Unfortunately, it was at this time that their luck would run out and take a turn for the worst. By September, both ships were trapped in slow-moving packed ice from the north, just off the coast of King William Island. This area was one of the most inhospitable places known to man. The expedition had seemingly met their fate and were faced with many hardships during this time. The group wintered in the ice till 1847, all the while they experienced near-fatal sub-zero temperatures, painful, life-threatening frostbite, and fatigue. One could assume this time had most likely had the entire crew second-guessing their decision to join the expedition. Their morale was at an all-time low as they huddled together enduring the constant moan and eerie creaks of the ship as it slowly made its way through the ice-filled water. The only light around was the haunting glow of the Aurora Borealis to light their path. 
In the spring of 1847, the ice showed no signs of breaking up. Franklin sent search parties in every direction to attempt to locate land or any indication of open water. The party, led by Lieutenant Gore, found a stone cairn on King William Island and deposited a record detailing the events that had taken place thus far. It read, 28th of April, 1847. HMS ship Cerebus and Terror floated in the ice, having wintered in 1846 to 1847 at Bichet Island after having ascended the Wellington Channel. They then returned by the west side of Cornwallis Island, with Sir John Franklin commanding the expedition. Signed, Lieutenant Graham Gore. Just days after the party returned, Sir John Franklin died suddenly due to unknown causes. The expedition's command was then passed to Captain Francis Rodon Moya Crozier. Crozier had seen his fair share of time spent in the Arctic. He was most known for the Ross expedition to Antarctica in 1839. Ironically, the ships used during that expedition were the very same HMS Erebus and Terror. However, his previous expedition was seeming to prove far more successful than the current one. Forced to winter for yet another year with 1848 bringing no signs of ice breakup, the decision was finally made to abandon the ships in the ice and continue on foot to rescue. It was during this land expedition that a second note was written in the Cairn Stone. 25th of April, 1848. Her Majesty's ships... Terror and Erebus were deserted on the 22nd of April, having been beset since the 12th of September, 1846. The officers and crews consisting of 105 souls under the command of Captain Crozier landed here. Sir John Franklin died on the 11th of June, 1847, and the total loss by deaths in the expedition has been to this date 9 officers and 15 men. Signed James Fitzjames, Captain of the HMS Erebus, and Francis Crozier, Captain and Senior Officer, and start on tomorrow, the 26th, for Baxfish River. Crozier's goal was to reach Baxfish River and make it safely from there. However, Baxfish River was unfortunately hundreds of miles away. This realization was met with terror in the sense that they would ultimately never make it. It was on this long and final hike that each and every member of the party would meet their fate. Not a soul survived the march south. One can only speculate that it was due to the harsh and cold environment that stretched on endlessly. The little existing game in the area, such as seals and polar bears, contained a strain of botulism and other potential dangers, such as trichinosis. Consumption could cause fever, pain, fatigue, swelling, and even paralysis. In addition, the canned goods consumed on board created even more issues for them. Due to the rust production of the canned goods, the tins were improperly soldered, leading to spoiled food and lead poisoning. The company that was tasked with providing the canned goods fulfilled an order of 13,000 preserves in just seven weeks before the expedition was to set sail. 
It is also possible that the ships may have used lead-lined plumbing, which could have contributed to the toxicity that afflicted the crew. The lack of fresh food over the years likely led to a proliferation of scurvy and other diseases, ultimately resulting in skin diseases, infections, tuberculosis, and pneumonia. The crew became very dehydrated and malnourished. As time progressed, the conditions only worsened. It is at this point the crew would have started to die off one by one, till the last of them took their dying breath. Despite the nature of the story and the practicality of the details, we do not know what truly happened. We can only speculate based off of the artifacts, bodies, letters and documents, and the details and accounts of the local Inuit tribes in the area. Interviews that were held with some of the local Inuit people confirmed that some of the men did in fact make contact with them. They stated that they looked sick and malnourished, but they continued onward. Other testimonies and reports talked of scattered human flesh, skulls, and corpses with their hands cut off. They suggested that the men had resorted to cannibalism as a means of survival. However, when it was reported back to the Admiralty, they refused the claims. The Inuits were labeled as liars and savages. It was stated that British men would never have resorted to cannibalism. Their stories would not be confirmed until the 1980s when bodies were found and appeared to have cut marks on the bones and scorches where it looked as though bone marrow may have been attempted to be extracted. In 1850, the Inuits found an abandoned ship. After climbing aboard, they found a few dead men in their bunks. They also found a fire that was still burning in the stove, which would suggest that the last among them couldn't have died much longer before the Inuit people arrived. It was believed to be either the Erebus or the Terror, due to the smokestacks on the ships. It is also believed that either a few of the men returned, or were left to tend to the ship as the others marched south. Sometime in 1850, at least 40 men were spotted traveling south on King William Island. By the following year, they spotted only four men. At some point between 1852 and possibly 1858, the Inuit spotted Captain Crozier and one other man heading southwards. Confirming his identity through photographs, this would have made Crozier 62 at the time and meant that he had survived up to 12 years in the Arctic. However, this was the last sign of any remaining member of the expedition. On March 31st, 1854, the Admiralty in England declared every member of the expedition deceased. After finding the two cairns, the graves on Bichet, and testimonies of the Inuit people, the investigation seemed to halt till the autopsies in 1980s. Finally, in 2014, almost 170 years later, the wreckage from HMS Erebus was discovered sitting at the bottom of Wilmette and Brampton Bay. Sitting in just 36 feet of water, it was also largely deteriorated by this time. 
Just two years later, the HMS Terror was found in Terror Bay. Surprisingly, it was found in great condition. And had been very well preserved. Dive teams have even been able to surface with the wealth of artifacts from the ship. Further investigation was set to be performed in 2020. However, it was put on hold due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Unfortunately, the true story of what happened during the Franklin Expedition will most likely never be known. That is, unless more documents or diaries are somehow found in the stretch of Canada's Arctic. We will be forever indebted to the true sacrifice that each and every member of the expedition made in search of the Northwest Passage and their discovery made during a time when the world was still new and uncharted. Welcome campers to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. (laughs) Oh, now the debrief. Yeah. Good Christ, you're loud. It's going to adjust you here. All right. I was born loud. <laughs> it's funny because your mom's told me the same thing. Wait. That you were born loud. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I gave her permission to share that information. No, I was just kidding. She was, she was, she was like, you must have been born loud. <laughs> what a strange thing to say to someone. <laughs> Yeah, you're Although, right. She never said it. She I knew said a few, I've, loud. I've known a few people over the years that I would assume were born loud. Yeah, well, yeah. And they just always were loud. I can give you that for sure. Yeah. Especially like when they're together. Yeah. Oh. My wife tends to pick those women as best friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'll have yeah. that. She just chooses the loudest woman in the room. Hey, and she goes, that I mean, her. if that works, then that works. I guess. I think it's just lazy friend choosing. I feel like it's like those loud, those loud, uh, 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 loud people. I don't want to say just, just women or, or anything else. I sure. mean, anybody any, like those loud people, those they're very much a specific people. breed, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, a lot of them are very like crass mm-hmm. and very just no, like no shit's given about anything. Yep. No filter. No, none at all. Yeah. Yeah. The kind you can of people instantly that like, learn their life story. Exactly. Yep. The kind of people that you encounter, and twenty minutes later, they're telling you like stories about their sex life. Right. Exactly. And it, yeah. Those people have always or like their home life growing up, and yeah. I mean, which is fine, and, and I love to learn those things about people. I love, I love those details. I mean, even even sexual details. Like I'm a very open person, like that. I, I've always had so much trouble clicking with people like that. Right. I, though, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I mean, it just depends. I, I think it honestly depends on the on the person, the situation, sure. the environment. Yeah. The environment it plays a big factor in that. Yeah. Um. You know. But a lot of those, like, I like to like save those details for more intimate settings. Like, you're getting to know somebody, sure. or like you're like hanging a out as a small group of friends, and you know, everybody <laughs> wants to talk about like, you know, their cousin's cat that ate three other cats as a kid or something <laughs> or ate a dog there we go that's even that's, a, cri- that's a cryptid that's not a cat oh oh I, I thought that's what the show is if your cat ate a dog it's definitely not a cat it's a cryptid <laughs> <laughs> well perfect because i'm talking about it on the right show so i knew something exactly. was up about it yeah i just I, there was always something about it i was like huh i ate a dog 
<laughs> all right. All right. Cool. I'll buy it. That's a fucking chupacabra, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like, you know, like, I, I like those deals for more, those details for more intimate setting. But like, yeah. you know, and you go up to somebody who's just like, I just had my last kid 13 weeks ago and I'm out here having parties and, uh, <laughs> you know, baby daddy don't care no more. And <laughs> yeah, my, my, blah, blah, everybody, blah. you know. I just pooped three minutes ago. Forgot I also, to wash my hands, but here, let me hold you. Uh, let me hold you. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm trying to create a scenario. Okay. I like this character. <laughs> I like to call them. Ha, uh, huh, Lou. Let's call him Lou. Lou. It's a very yeah diverse name. I, I like them because again, this isn't just like this. This is anybody that's that's this type of character. You know. Yeah. Exactly. That can fit or fill that role. I think Lou's a very diverse, diverse name. It could be Lou. It could be Llewellyn. It could be Lucretia. Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> I think. I think I've, I've. I think I've always had trouble um, connecting with people like that because I was always the exact opposite growing up. And yeah. I was always a super shy as a kid, and as like a, yeah, as a kid, I, I but, was too. I was always that like I, I try to stay away from those type of people. I mean, I I never yeah. had the balls to go up and talk to those type of people anyway. So right, but I grew up with a mom that was like that, like not quite to the level of Lou, but like all right, she was the kind of person who like we would be sitting at the drive-through at the bank. And she's, I'm just sitting there while she's telling her fucking life story to the bank teller. Yeah. I mean, you know yeah. what I mean? Right. And I was, I always remember being like embarrassed about that when I was a but shy little kid. Those are also the people that can make friends so easily because they're so open, you know, like it, there's, there's a, there's a positive side to it too. I've always like, I don't know. It, I understand that some people receive that as charismatic. Right. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I've always, it's like nails on a chalkboard to me when I meet a stranger Just and they're, putting. yeah. And they're immediately like, they have to be the center of attention no matter where they go. Yeah. Like everyone in the restaurant can hear their dinner conversation. Oh, I hate that. Like, <laughs> yeah. It drives me crazy. But I'm also, like, I love being the innocent bystander that's listening to those conversations. Do you? I do. <laughs> Like, for, I don't watching. know. I, I love people watching. It is like one of my absolute favorite things to do. Yeah. And just like eavesdropping into their conversations. And then, like, I already know this person. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, I mean, they, you know, you, you do that, you open yourself up for that possibility. You know, someone, yeah. someone be able to hear that conversation. A lot of people don't care. That's Which, true. I mean, you know, honestly, is the problem to begin with that <laughs> they I, don't care. I don't know if it's a problem or if it's like Admiral. Ad, ad, admirable. admirable damn it I'm, <laughs> I'm and i'm thinking about the story now admirable thank god someone is <laughs> <laughs> yes you know like well, i honestly i'm just like man i wish i could be so like outspoken sure yeah i get that sometimes i mean recently on the show we had cam who we both grew up with right he was our drummer for years he was always one of those exactly he was always like one of those dudes who can get away with anything because people just let him like right. he would say some of the wildest meanest shit to people when yeah, we were kids and true. they would just laugh it off yeah and it like i never i always sort of envied that level of charisma i was gonna say you, know you I mean? have to have that type of personality to pull that yes. off if you don't exactly and you say something it's like 
Yeah, you get punched in the mouth. Yeah, that or <laughs> yeah. just like people are gonna walk away from you. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like even well, even as I've gotten older, like as as I was younger, I could never talk about like poop and stuff like that. Sure. Like poop and farts. Sure. Like I mean, that's like a kid's like that, that's like a kid's like favorite thing to talk about and funniest thing in the world. But it's not until I've gotten older that I find that funnier or I find it easier to talk about and like more open about. Sure. As I was a kid, like I, you know, that was my personal time. Nobody right. knew about it. Well, you thought of it as like classless to talk about it in and, public. Yeah, that's right? a, in a That's, sense, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. like I'm, I'm, yeah, no, no problems with it. But I, I feel like that, you know, I'm gonna chalk that up to growing up, getting older, getting sure more comfortable with myself, I guess. Yeah. Less fucks given as you age. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. There's, there's still some though. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you gotta maintain a, lo- a certain level of tact just to make I mean, it yeah. through the, through civilization. I don't want to be like, you know, I, I don't want to be too easy to read yeah. as well. You know, again, I like to, I like to remain a mystery in some sorts, some, some aspects. You're a mysterious fellow, Ryan. It's actually Baron von Helsenberger these days. <laughs> so I'd prefer okay. if you call me Baron. All right. Or Mr. Von Helsenberger. I just won't say your name anymore. Cool. <laughs> oh, if you listen right, to the so, Patreon pre pre post companion show, you'll know what we're talking about. I was about to say, if you enjoyed this nine and a half minute digression, you should definitely go over to the Patreon at patreon.com slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling because every week we drop an episode over there, a bonus episode where we literally just catch up and shoot the shit and that's literally and, all that episode is, is this <laughs> this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Plus a lot more. We talk about food. Food and video games. And movies, and, TV shows. And my dog's first period. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and my my aspirations to create an out, outdoor kitchen. Yeah. So if you like the idea of catching up with us on a more personal basis, definitely go over there and subscribe. All tier levels get, get the pre-post companion show each week. Yep. Each week. Do yourself a favor. Patreon.com forward slash campfire. Tales of the strange and unsettling. Boom. Nailed it. Talking about it more. Like we said we would. Now. Well, let's let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to Maritime Mysteries for a third go. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Third installment. Yeah. Yeah, this the time I thought I would. so uh... many memories. Mysteries. <laughs> and memories. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you, there was the... Uh, the the subgroup that tried to go visit the Titanic recently. Oh yeah, hot topic. Yeah, yeah it is a hot topic. Yeah, not like the store. I feel like the that story very quickly became like, should you or shouldn't you make jokes about dead people online? I know that's that's kind of where I just stopped because I felt like it. I it almost seemed distasteful to continue. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, it's, I'm just saying it's like that's that's a pretty hot topic going on. You know, like, yeah. much like. You mentioned memories. Titanic. I mean, that's obviously a given, you know? Yeah. And right now, with that being such a big thing in the news, it's, uh, yeah. But if you go to their their Facebook page, and when they first started talking about, like, we're, you know, we're looking for groups, you know, looking blah, blah, to take people down, and you can do this, and you can go see the Titanic, people are trolling that so hard. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's almost rough to read. I mean, people love to make fun of rich people. I mean, yeah, of course. Over the last, like, four or five years, the whole eat the rich thing has become very popular and, you know, with the younger generation and with, you know, people on the left. Of course. I mean, that's always going to be a thing, you know? I mean, I I don't 
I feel like I'm like most issues. I fall pretty much right in the middle. Yeah. I think when it comes to free speech issues, like if you think a thing and want to say it, you should. And if you think a thing the opposite and want to say that, you should. But if you think Go a ahead. thing and you think, huh, I don't know how people are going to take this if I say it. And this could be perceived very incorrectly. Maybe you shouldn't say it. I mean, yeah, think it out for sure. But, you know, also things being taken incorrectly. That's, that's just a part of life, too. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, we we get that with the show. Like, we'll Yeah, s- there's some value in stirring things up also. Say, and we'll say yeah. something and it could be perceived entirely incorrectly or entirely different than we intended it to be. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, that's going to happen. That's going to happen any, anywhere, anytime, any place. Yeah. I I'm I tend to be of the opinion that there's no, nothing should be off limits to comedy. I think it's like it's one of the central tools that human beings have to deal with terrible situations. I was just saying, I think you're always going to find somebody that you might you might have the people that are gonna be like this is gross and terrible. You're yeah. also going to have the people who are like this is awesome. Right. That's uh, right. You know, I mean, or like laughing about this is easier than thinking about the terror yeah. that those people went exactly. through while slowly succumbing I mean, you know it's, what I mean? it's like dealing with trauma and dealing yeah. with you know like major issues and stuff sometimes it's easier to joke about it or yeah, you know absolutely whatever than it is to like actually think about those feelings and cope with them and yeah it's a defense mechanism in a sense yeah i mean i will say like the night <clears throat> the night that my dad died I went over to their house. My brother, my sister, and me all met up there. And before the funeral home even arrived to come and get, you know, what was left of him. Um, wow. We were already making jokes. I mean. Like yeah. like reminiscing about funny times well, and course. making jokes about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, humor is a huge, it's, it's an advantage that comes with you know the human mind i agree where it's a i think it's so i don't you won't ever see me what i'm saying is you won't ever see me tell someone you shouldn't joke about that whatever it is if it helps you deal with it write all the jokes you like yeah that's fair that's fair yeah anyway another digression we're now 15 minutes into it (laughs) yes right the fuck into it dude so needless okay. to say, yeah, we have another uh, maritime mystery. Yeah, the Franklin Expedition. Yeah. I like this one because it it's maritime and it isn't. It goes back and forth, right? Right. Because it yeah. starts out as a sea voyage, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's... there. Um, uh, yeah, it starts... It starts. I mean, they, they, they embark in, what, 1845? Yep. And this is ongoing possibly till 1858 when the last... You know, between 1852 and 1858, or 1854 and 18, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, and the last two people were seen. Um, That's wild. The idea that... Excuse me. That's wild. The idea that the second captain, the one that took over after Franklin died, that he could have survived 12 years out there. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and this is I want to hear that story. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Somebody write that story. And this is, I mean, this is a very, like, yeah, they've been been working, and this whole Northwest Passage was a mythical thing. 
Yeah. It was it was only theorized at that point that this was even there. Yep. And so and I mean there there had been a lot of other expeditions to try and locate it, try and you know find the and, you know and so finally they have 1040 square miles of uncharted area that they're trying to chart discover, right? Trying to discover and trying to you know make sure that this actually does in fact go to this this area. Right. Um so, you know, they build this expedition and there were, he, I think, I think Franklin was like the fifth choice. Yeah. Um, and there's, there was a lot of other, a lot of others that, uh, they were like, no, you know, I'm not interested or I've just started a family. I'm not doing that right now. Um, it was, I know I was, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. There's even one. I, I was going to say, I was keeping track of his cons list while you while hearing the story. Old, fat, reckless, sensitive to the cold. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he didn't like the cold, but yeah, he had already he had done another Arctic expedition before. Yeah, and that one resulted in him, <laughs> which terrible, maybe insensitive, but whatever. So most like, of them died in that one, right? And most, yeah, the, that was like, what eleven out of twenty of the men had died due to yeah. starvation. The That's ones that F. survived basically survived by eating the letter for leather from their boots yeah and he was he was after that point nicknamed the man who ate his own boots <laughs> yeah let's get him <laughs> right um, you know so like he was kind of a laughing stock but at the same time he was a notable captain i mean he had been in the navy sure. for 45 years he went into the navy yeah. as a 14 year old boy yeah like he served used to 45 then, years right? right i mean yeah there was another one that was uh, one of the others that were chosen that declined went into the Navy at 12 years old. Wow. Right. But yeah, That's... Franklin went in at, at the age of 14, served 45 years in the British Navy. Yeah. And then finally, you know, got this position, um, this expedition at the age of 60. 60? 60. I did not catch that in the story. That's fucking wild. He was 60 years old? Or... 59, 60, yeah, I believe Same when he thing. started, he was 60, yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, right. By the way, 11 dead, 9 out of 20 is like, that's an F, that's 45%. I mean, but that's he still, failed that expedition. that's still almost half. If you round up, yeah. that's half. Even 50% <laughs> is an F. You're done, I mean, bud. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously not their first choice. Right. Right. Yeah. He's he wasn't the first. Not a great track record. He was a notable captain, and that and that was yeah. why they why they chose him. Now, I know there was something about uh, that I've I've read kind of in passing about his wife had reached out to them and said that he was like a, a prime candidate, and you know, like he's 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 great, and like sent them multiple letters. Oh man! And he finally, of course, was approached about the position and instantly was on board. Yeah. Um, but there's also a thing about this that this so this whole thing after this expedition so on what 1854 they finally declared everybody dead they right. hadn't heard anything it had been two years before they even tried to look into anything right um, they just let it sit two for years with no word from right from the captain anything before they yeah. even like tried to look into it and then it wasn't until Franklin's wife apparently submitted multiple letters again 
that they needed to investigate into it. Like there was no reason that they were still out there that they had still, you know, nobody had heard from them. So they finally yeah. at that point decided to investigate into it. And they yeah. barely did anything. That's crazy. Right. Exactly. So which I mean, you know, it, it like it's just it's kind of it's kind of sad and off-putting that you know nobody cares enough to like look into this crew that hasn't been heard of or heard from in three years before they finally investigate i mean that sounds insane to us today but like voyages like that were super long term true true you know what i mean i mean they 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 left with three years of i was gonna say they had three years worth of rations and it was also said that if they did ration it appropriately they could last up to five years yeah but i mean let's be honest they had ordered 13 uh, 13, 000 cans i believe of, of canned goods yeah and they were prepped and ready seven weeks before the expedition i mean like they that's crazy they got the order and so yeah when they went back and did autopsy that's where they found that a lot of these cans were poorly soldered. A lot yeah. of the lead had seeped into the, the food. Um, a lot of the food was spoiled. And of course, Dude, imagine, most likely not cooked all the way through as they're cooking it, you know? Yeah. Imagine dying of lead poisoning in the Arctic. Right. Not what only that, but terrible. These lead terrible. line pipes that were yeah. on this ship that they were drinking. I mean, they. And I mean, they had they they had something like seven thousand liters of of liquor and stuff like that. I mean, I have there's like yeah. a whole list of what all they actually had as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, yeah. So they had extra stuff, but at the same time, they also apparently had a bunch of like lemon juice and stuff like that that was supposed to help counter like scurvy. And but uh, apparently by that time, the lemon the lemon juice had like become less potent. Yeah, couldn't help with the scurvy and stuff. So. Yeah. This see it. I got this impression that like there were they were fucked before they even abandoned ship. Absolutely. Like yeah. All just sick and exhausted and diseased and but my, like my now question, we're going to make hundreds of mile trek. Right. Through this the is Arctic. an 800 mile trip. Fuck. That they're no. trying to make on foot in the Arctic. Right, I would have volunteered to stay at the ship. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and like, for, I'll watch the boat, no, guys. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna die anyways out there. Uh huh. Like, why? Might as well die by a warm fire. Yeah. Eat some of that lead poisoned food. And, <laughs> right. Exactly. You know the botul- botulism filled yeah. predators in the area. I, you know, whatever. I mean. You know those cans had botulism too. Oh, dude. You know they were yeah. fucking swollen mm-hmm. and fucked up. Probably yeah. like, well, I mean, it, it was cold, so you know they were probably okay preserved. But yeah. you know, like due to poor soldering and shit, yeah, they're yep. poorly sealed can. Yeah, yeah. But like, my thing is though, when the Inuits went to, when they discovered the ship. They discovered the ship, like, you know, encased in ice, basically, around it. Yeah. Like like it was, because they couldn't move. Locked in. Um, but they found people, like, they found, you know, dead dead remaining crew members and a fire still in the oven. Yeah. And it was also stated that one of these ships ended up a significant amount uh, of distance, significant distance away from where it was said to have originally been. Okay. So they think that... At some point, the the water may have been, you know, they may have been able to actually move. 
So they tried mm-hmm. to get out, but then, you know, we're again frozen back in place, basically. Right. So, maybe they just didn't have enough remaining men to man both maybe, ships. So right. just one, one yep. took off. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, so I mean, they obviously lasted for a while there. Yeah. Like as a whole crew and a crew working together, I feel like they probably could have lasted a lot longer. Probably if they would have if they would have worked together, stayed. right? And if they would have stayed, yeah, yeah. But I mean, at that yeah. time, they had already been there for two years. It's true. Imagine Isn't two that crazy? years on the ice in the middle yeah. of the ocean. Think about like this boat is just your house for the next yeah, two years, right? Like that's and the thing about this so area crazy. too is it's normal. It's never very light outside. Yeah, it's always dark and. I mean, it's in the just, winter while they were locked in, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's it'd be it. It'd be I don't know. I, I I could you know I can understand it'd be enough to make you be like, all right, I'm done with this. Let's we got to do something different. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, but maybe there's what a, a chance. bad plan. What a bad fucking. It is plan. a bad plan. I agree. Eight hundred miles. But I at mean, that they point, didn't it probably sounded first, like right? the best plan. Imagine how shitty your circumstances have to be for the best plan you can think of to be walking 800 <laughs> right, miles yeah, through no the doubt. Arctic. I mean, that'd be a shitty that'd be a shitty situation, a situation, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So cannibalism, huh? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I think I think all big groups like that. I think there is the possibility, especially given these circumstances, uh-huh. that that's always going to be a possible thing that can happen. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, we have these people out here starving, completely malnourished, that are suffering from all these random diseases that are only making their their afflictions worse. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, old John Boy passes out. That leg's probably looking pretty good. I mean, I'll be honest. I would rather eat. I would in that situation in the, you know, with a long walk in the Arctic ahead of me. I would rather eat a person than give up my boots. Yeah, I I don't know, man. That's that's one of those situations like that I've never tried to really think I've about. I've thought about it way too um, much. <laughs> you know, it, it'd be it'd be a tough call, an extremely tough call. Because I mean, it first would not of all, be that's a tough a person, call for me. You know, I'll be honest. Yeah, really. I I like okay. I I mean, it's survival or not. Aside right? from the survival aspects, even I'm like confident in my beliefs that the body is not the person right yeah but i mean like what about is yeah i feel like you're more prone to diseases by consuming humans versus i mean animals there are, right supposedly there are um there fuck i forget what those one that's one specific kind of disease that you get from cannibalism um but usually that's associated with eating the brain so I feel like if you just hmm. skip the brain and cook the fuck out of that person meat, like eat person jerky if you're going to eat, you know what I mean? Like Ooh. really go for it. Same as if you like yeah. eat bear, you got to cook the fuck out of that shit so you don't get trichinosis. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah that was yeah. obviously their problem here. They weren't doing a they're good out, job. Like, you know, hunting some polar bears and shit. Like yep. they're not. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, something edible. Well, I don't know. I guess if you can, if you can eat leather boots. Yeah. Dude, that's the thing. You got to, if you have to eat a person, trigger warning. If you have to eat a person, you got to cut the head off, cut the hands off, cut the feet off immediately. You get that done and start breaking it up. And it's in no time. It doesn't even look like a person anymore. 
That's what you have to get it to the point where it doesn't wow. look like a person anymore. That's yeah, yeah, that's how you get past that psychological block against being able to eat a person. Well, this episode <laughs> went south. Dude, it's part of the story. Cannibalism yeah. 101. I mean, it's <laughs> that that's what you have to do. Look, I'm at some point going to be covering the Donner Party. I mean, yeah, I, we're going to be talking about this a lot. And I've like read and researched and listened to stories from the Donner Party for a very long time and a bunch of times. So I'm like fully, fully up to date on on can on the cannibalism aspect. So your people eating, yeah, I'm right there. Um, but honestly, I think in a survival situation, I could do it. I I I don't think I'd have a problem. I mean, in in a survival yeah. situation, yeah. I'm again. I I don't know. I I'm not. I'm not gonna try and, and <laughs> think about that situation right now. Just because I, I yeah. wouldn't want to make that call. I don't think I'd mind. I don't know. Where it gets weird with the Donner Party is they start killing people to eat them. Like. I mean, that's that's where. Right. right that's where it's yeah. bad. But if somebody just dies of, you know, frost, they just like freeze to death. They pass out. They're gone. Yeah. That meat's already preserved because right. they're fucking yeah. frozen. I mean, you know what I mean? Like chop it up and true. have a fucking yeah. rump roast, dude. Like why why be hungry? <laughs> what would be a bummer is if you avoided yeah. getting like botulism or trichinosis until you ate a dude who had botulism and then you get it from eating him, right? That's yeah, yeah. that's rough. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Well you do you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if we're ever in a survival situation together and I I succumb to the elements. I mean cut my head off, cut my hands off, cut my feet off, forget it's me, and realize that you have like 200 pounds of meat that you can eat. Man, I'm, you know, I as a child I hunted a lot. I think exactly. I'd put those skills to the test. I mean, you really think you could uh I mean, what if you're talking like no gun, no bow? No, you got to make like little four square traps and shit to try and catch game. Man, I'll make a spear. You're going to starve to death. <laughs> I would result Dude. to eating bugs. Just eat There's me. plenty of bugs to go around. There's no reason not to eat me. You just let the meat go to waste? Yeah, probably. Ridiculous. I would actually set you out as a trap. Just dice me up and use me as bait? Yeah. There we go. That's, I mean, that's less... That's more offensive than eating me. <laughs> that bothers me more. Yeah. I mean... Definitely, like, if you can fashion, like, a, a something like a fishing pole. Yeah. Right? Even if it's just, like, a, some wire with, you know, that you connect bait to the end of. Mm -hmm. um, you can use, like, my internal organs and stuff, dice those up and use those as bait. Yeah. See? You know? But I'll be efficient. Definitely eat the liver yourself and nah. eat the heart yourself. You have to. Those are the most nutrient-rich parts. Uh, you know, I I think I'll pass. You're going to starve. I'll do my best not If to. the opposite happened and we were in a survival situation and you succumbed to the elements, I would eat you so fast. <laughs> huh. So fast. I don't know how I'm supposed to take that. Aww. Chef's kiss. <laughs> how sweet of you. You're welcome. Uh, 
It just sounds so gross, you know? It's like, obviously, it's not supposed to seem appealing. Right. Unless you're into that sort of thing. But obviously, you've given it some I'm over thought. here sounding like... I'm over here sounding like Army Hammer and shit. Yeah, you're gonna, like, <laughs> like create this, like, beautiful <laughs> meal. All the... I'm just gonna stop. Right. Even then, I'd be like, I fucking hate cooking. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you at least make it well done. Yeah. Oh, it will be. Well, like, it's definitely going to happen. No, look, I'm not looking forward to a situation where I could eat a person. I'm you know, saying... You could have fooled me. Yeah. I, I'm saying <laughs> I would much rather eat a person than starve to death, and I think that's a totally acceptable position. Okay. I'll and I don't it. trust in my primitive hunting skills enough <laughs> to feed myself. Yeah. I mean, if we got stranded and I had like a forty forty wind mag or something, then yeah, maybe I could kill something and eat it instead of you. But without I mean, yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? So, so, uh, so we were just talking about them having to eat themselves. <laughs> no, so you said so cannibalism. Yes. So yeah, they did find like I mean, they did find especially Inuit people saw what appeared to be like scattered human remains and cuz they were like they were also carrying like a small boat with them. Right. Uh that was ha- holding all their supplies and everything, right? Yeah. So they were like pulling this thing with them. Um and so yeah, the these Inuit people saw like scattered remains, they saw like corpses with their like hands cut off and like limbs cut off and stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, and it was later found when they they finally found remains. Twenty four, well, it was in the eighties. They did find a couple bodies, and it was, found some bones and stuff like that, where it looked like they were actually carved, like where yeah, you know, cut like, marks on the bones, right? Cut marks, and then also like scarred marks, where it looked like they had tried to drain marrow. Yep, from yeah. the bones. See, these people knew what they were doing. You got to get every last slurp out of those bones. <laughs> Good God. You just dig, drill yourself a little hole, hold it over the fire until it starts bubbling out, and then just slurp the marrow right out of the bone. So needless to say, after it was reported to the the Admiralty, they uh, they they refused. They were like, no, they would never do this because we British people yeah. would never do this. An Englishman would never. Inuit people are <laughs> savages and liars. Yeah. Dumb. And made to look like, yeah, made to look like they're making it up. But yeah. facts are facts, people. Yeah. Everybody and again, it wasn't people. until the actual 80s, though, that that was able to be confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the cut marks on the bones are a dead giveaway, right? Yeah. Like somebody was carving those bodies up. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it makes but sense, dude. They like, didn't we just have that at that time minutes. to like back it up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, they made these look like made them look like shitty people that were off telling tales. Yeah. And I wasn't They're like, ooh, Inuits projecting much. Yeah. Right. You're you the know. cannibals. We're white. <laughs> it wasn't till all these years later, hundred and almost forty years later. Yeah. That they were like, hey, we told you. <laughs> yeah. And we're like. The British are like, eh, I guess. What, what else <laughs> do you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a big thing. That was a big. It's thing pretty that cool that they found the they found the wreckage. So I don't. Know, I mean, it seems like a long time. One hundred and seventy years later. Yeah, but like, it's awesome that they found it at all. 
I mean, yeah, they you they know? found the so the Erebus was I mean it was it was in very rough shape. Yeah, and that was found in thirty six feet of water. Yeah, it's crazy. I've right. seen some. And back in the day, I wrote an article for back in the day last year. I wrote an article about haunted shipwrecks. Right? It was like back a in my top. day, cannibals were a nickel. <laughs> cannibals were a nickel. You heard me. Yeah, I did. Um, I so I, I did said. like a, I did like a top ten list of haunted shipwrecks, right? And um, it's amazing how many of them are discovered all of a sudden, and they're hundreds of years old, and they're in like 40, 50 feet of water. Yeah, like just no one went down right there. For right. A long yeah, t- and that's what what was crazy about this one. Yeah. But then they find the terror, and ironically, uh, Terror Bay. Yeah, which is a cool name. Um, maybe people, maybe people knew that it went down there, like it was legend that it went down in that bay, and that's where the name came from. Maybe, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, but I mean, it was like pristinely preserved, right? Because is it further north than the other? Do you know? Um, I'm trying to remember specifically where where that was. So it was yeah in Terror Bay. So the first one was at the bottom of Wilmette and Brampton Bay. Okay. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to. I'd have to double check yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, I. Just, I was just thinking maybe if it spent more time in frigid waters, it would have been better preserved. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was like seven months out of the year instead of five. Mm-hmm. You know. What's crazy though is even though that ship found in its pristine condition and everything, they've never found the actual like captain's logs or anything. Yeah. Um, for either I ship. Mean, paper for 150 years underwater is a bit, well, that's yeah. a bit tough. I mean, but, know? you know, it's, uh, I, you know, obviously there's, there's hope that maybe one day they'll stumble upon some journals or yeah. diaries like buried in the ice or something and can kind of recover something that maybe will tell the story. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But, I mean, it's probably I'd a love fat more chance. Obviously, there are a lot of blank spots. There, yeah, in, the, in what of, we know, right? right? Like mm-hmm. that, a lot of that journey, other than a couple of notes along the way, there were two two notes that were that were put underneath these steel or stone cairns, like burial, like burial cairns. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, like okay. yeah, kind of like these tall stone stacks, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. And that was to kind of let people know that this has been charted, you know? Right. And we were so, here. This is how right. we were doing at the time. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I wish so, there were two I wish of they'd those. had like a, a writer on the team that yeah. would have really like went to work on those, you know. Right. Give like, us seven or eight pages. <laughs> I mean if, yeah. Wrote like a whole, you know, book logging every single day of their expedition yeah. for several years. That would be that phenomenal. Been awesome. Mm-hmm. Now at this point there's this has gone on to of course I mean you can see a lot of the remains of the of the ship that they've recovered and you know a lot of that in like museums and stuff now um yeah. it's went on to inspire a lot of like art and music um you know uh, centered around these these ships and this expedition there's also an AMC uh TV show called Terror uh that's based around the HMS Terror and it's kind of loosely... like a mini series or is it uh, it's like a long form series. You know, I'm I'm not a hundred percent. I believe it's a long form series. Wow. Okay. Uh, so just to, just to let you know. So yeah, it's uh, there's 20 episodes, two seasons so far. Yeah, that sounds long form to me. I mean, yeah, 
So it looks like the last season last aired in October 14th, 2019. Ah. And so <laughs> there was supposed to be another another dive group that was supposed to go down and um, you know, they were supposed to go to like the ship's hull and stuff like that in yeah. 2020, but it ended up being halted due to, of course, right. COVID. Yeah. And so, but there's not been any report of them doing it since that I was able to yeah. that I was able to find. So I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. Hope, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, but the longer they put it off, the you know, yeah, the more deteriorated it's going right, to get. Exactly. Yeah. And we're looking for answers. Hopefully, they get to it sooner rather than later. Um, I don't know, man. This is a cool story. It's I like these survival, survival yeah. tales. Very close right? to like the Atlas Pass, and with like dozens more people. Oh yeah, and, right. Yeah, a yeah. hundred and what was it? A hundred and five or something people. Yeah, that set that off on foot. Set off on foot. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So I mean, and then that that in 1950 or 1850 they saw at least 40 of them left. By 1851, yeah. down to four. By 1852, only two. Not to go back to cannibalism. You know, I've leaned into it a lot this episode. I wrote in my notes, from 40 hungry men to four very well-fed men. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. How long can you make a person last? Four men and 36 meals. What? um, That's a good question. I think, honestly, if you think about, you're getting like... You can get probably eight to ten really sizable cuts off of a person. That's like not even counting the scrap meals, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Don't ask the question and then bulk at the answer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I guess I was just genuinely curious without thinking about the results. I bet you could get like ten, yeah, ten good meals. And then a lot of, of like a, just of jerky that they can have, like yep. when they just you know need to stop for some food rations, and yep. everybody pops like you know a dried like dry tongue or something. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Chew on some, you know, you can dry out the intestines. Yeah, true. And you know, if for nothing else, just to chew on them, you know, just something to chew on in your mouth. No, honestly, like like, like uh, chewing gum. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like. A human liver would feed four people. Just the liver. Probably, yeah. Like yeah. The heart's going to be pretty sizable. Yes, the heart as well. Yeah. There's a lot going on, man. There's a lot in there. Make a nice kidney <laughs> pie. Oh, kidney pie. With a bit of, bit of spleen on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we got to stop, man. Yeah. Stop making yeah, yeah. me talk about this. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, but in this case, I mean, this is probably a lot of what happened. You know, I mean, obviously, we're only speculating. Yeah. And we know that due to, you know, due to autopsy, obviously, that did happen to an extent. Yes. Yeah. So From I mean, the cuts and the bones. Right. Yeah. It's, and I mean, you're, you're not just camped out. You know what I mean? Like, they're already sickly. They're already weak. Like, and they're on this trek. Yeah. You know people are dropping left and right. Well, of course. Just like ex- full exhaustion and then the cold gets them and mm-hmm. like and you know they're like they're it's a meal. And once you do it once, you've done it. Then you like catch yourself looking forward to the next person mm-hmm. dying. 
you your know, eye so you and get some Donner more over there that's yeah. like starting to get a little bit slower. That's what happened again with the Donner party is the first couple that they ate, it was because they died on their own. And then they started like, damn, that, that was a good meal. Like, how can we make that happen again? And then they they ended up just fucking murdering people. Yeah, to eat. That's, and I, I feel like that's when it's too far. Yeah, of course. I mean, murders murders never acceptable under any circumstances. But um, some people were like volunteering. You know, like I'd rather die anyway than keep this fucking terrible arduous journey. Um, Man, yeah, yeah. So you know, yeah, it's true. It's uh, it's, I don't know. It's a pretty crazy story, though. Yeah, it is. It's a wild story. I I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, obviously sparked a, a heated debate here on yeah, on what's cannibalism. right or wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had boats. It had the 1840s, which is like my favorite decade. It had cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> which is your favorite? Honestly, I I'm okay. I've always been intrigued by not the idea of doing it. Of course, you're giving me a look. I've always been intrigued by the concept because it's like it's one of those these those ideas. The, it's one of those situations where human beings are pushed to their absolute societal limits. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that goes against even on a biological level. We're repulsed by the idea of eating people. Yes. And of course, you know, I'm like being funny here and all that, but like if I was forced to eat a person, I would gag it down. It would not be an enjoyable thing. You know what I mean? Like until you're like, "Oh, this actually tastes like chicken." I honestly if I was starving and I started smelling it cooking, I might be into it. I mean, I don't yeah, know, dude. You, I've heard it sm- I've heard it smells like a fucking pig roast. So, it would when you're starving and you and you smell a, a damn pig roast, I mean, yeah, yeah, that might get you. But my point is, I've <laughs> I've always been intrigued by it because it's an extreme, right? It's like an absolute extreme of yeah. the human experience. So yeah, that's that's my interest in it. I mean, I it like, make it makes perfect sense. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying like you know again, I don't know what I would do personally. Yeah. You would but eat I, the person. I think. I mean, I I put in a, a situation like that. It would be hard. Like it'd just be a hard call. And yeah, like you said, I mean, as there that decision has been made and it's being cooked up, like you start something. You know, something you're yeah. obviously starving. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, your mind <coughs> and everything is going to make you do things that at that point you wouldn't have normally thought otherwise. You know. Yeah. Thought of. And Matt. Imagine the cognitive dissonance sitting there being so repulsed by eating a person, but you're smelling it and your mouth is watering. I was going to say, you're like salivating. Your stomach is like just grumbling and, you know, piercing pains just going through you. Like, yep. Yeah. You're going to eat them. (laughs) You're for sure. Self-preservation is a powerful instinct, man. It really is. That's true. Yep. That's true. It's uh, yeah. It's a, it, it just an intense situation. Absolutely, and that's what we're here for. That's Are you unsettled? For. Oh, I'm I'm quite a bit unsettled actually. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. On that note, I think that's going to wrap up uh, episode 104, Maritime Mysteries, the Franklin Expedition. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. 
We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.